Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Olympic Games. Joe, I whiffed the start. That was my bad. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> it happens, man. It happens when you play the role of host, producer. Uh, you know, you're doing it all. So we'll, we'll give you a little wiggle room there. Uh, I love it. I'm Rick Amy. That's Joe Idoni. Joe, are you enjoying the Olympics, which started about, uh, I don't know, an hour and 45 minutes ago? Thus far, we're early into it. I don't think that I'm going like it's gonna be hard Saturday night to like still feel the energy to want to stay up till 3 30 in the morning to watch this thing. I hope that there's some good guys in contention. I hope it's a good tournament. Um, but but I'm struggling to gain a little steam on it. How about you? Uh I'm I'm probably much more bullish. Yeah, I like I'm I'm excited. We'll see how this thing how this thing shakes out. I like the course so far. And um anytime I get golf at, you know, my time 515 on a Wednesday, <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm cool with that. So it's all good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So obviously, because the event has started, there is no jock market, cash market this week, but we didn't want to miss out. So this is kind of an opportunity to hang a little bit. This is an opportunity to talk general strategy. We talked with the guys over at jock market. They gave us some really interesting information about what might be coming next. So we wanted to chat through that and we want this to be very interactive. Tim is in the chat. He says, good evening. Good evening, Tim. Uh, welcome. If there is a so question, a comment, or a concern about jock market or anything else, go ahead, throw it in the chat. And also, if that wasn't enough, we're still giving away a hundred bucks. So make sure that your jock market username is in the chat, and that'll give you an opportunity to uh, get into that draw and win twenty dollars. Joe. Uh, where where do you want to start? We have a lot of different places we can go. We can go strategy. We can reminisce a little bit about some of the data and some of the big movers, or we can talk about um, some things that are going on over at Jock Market and what might be coming next. What do you think? Yeah. So um, drop your handle in the chat, as we've mentioned, because we are giving away 20 bucks five different times throughout the hour, even though there's no market, just a chance to build up the portfolio a little bit for next week. So I think while you're in there, um, drop us a question, like anything, strategy, um, big picture jock market stuff. We'd love to kind of make this very interactive and answer some of your questions. I think we can probably touch on a couple other things while we let those sort of build up. And then I think it, it'd just be fun to kind of uh, toss ideas back and forth and answer some questions. If anyone has any, uh, we'll be happy to help. All right, let's start with some uh, kind of general strategies, general data stuff here that I've been that I've been kind of saving up and wanting to show, wanting to show you. So, of course, all the data is here on uh, on my site on RickRungood.com, which let me get this out of the way, which you can download and you can start to manipulate and you can kind of do whatever you want with. And Joe, I, I was just kind of uh, parsing through the data a little bit earlier today and. I whipped this up and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, so I don't know if you can see this very well. I'll try to make it bigger. But what you have here is uh, every single player that's ever been in a cash market uh, broken down by pricing tier. So if the tier is 10, they were $10 or more. If it's tier nine, they were in the $9 range. If it's eight, they were in the $8 range, so on and so forth. Um, this chart is pretty clear about where the value tends to lie in the jock market. Uh, it is in the mid cap and penny stocks, isn't it? I love this, man. I was looking at this actually a couple of months uh, around the memorial. I pulled some of this data at that point um, and it hasn't changed much. Like you said, uh, just look at the ROIs. And, and part of that, like 
as you know, is because you have massive boom potential there and you can get a guy that goes plus a thousand percent if he goes from $2 to $20 in a week and you just don't have that at the higher ranges. Um, But definitely something that is interesting to see. You see the number of golfers that are only a dollar a share. So, um, you know, you have to pick wisely. But on the whole, um, you know, if you were just to play all of the guys that were a dollar, you're up 16.6% basically uh, this season. So which is which is awesome to see. Um, Interesting that there's only been like it feels like there's been a lot more than 16 guys that have closed higher than ten dollars. Um, and that seems like a really tough place to find a return there. But minus 6.9 really isn't that bad. Um, there's certainly, you know, you have one guy that misses a cut in there, and that's going to bring that percentage way down because they're going from 10 plus to a dollar. Uh, but I think on the whole, most of those guys are probably gaining you a little bit on average. Yeah. And you know what? These 16 golfers, um, the way that I might have done this, I might have screwed this up. It might not include the $11 golfers. I'll have to check on that. You know what I mean? This might just be the $10 range. Mm-hmm. So I know that there were some golfers over 11. So I'll have to confirm that. But it, it is, that would be the only one that might be a little bit hairy. The rest of it, yeah. I mean, listen, the, the idea of paying $10 for a golfer, um, your, your, Floor is going to be much higher, but your ceiling is a bit capped, right? If you pay ten dollars for a golfer, what's the they can turn it into twenty five dollars, so two and a half times, which is a bit capped. You mentioned it; there is just boom potential for some of these other guys. So I wonder if, as this data becomes more and more prevalent, as people start to figure all this out, if we're going to start to see kind of a a giant middle range, right? Where almost like everybody is six, seven or $8 because no one's willing to pay more than that for a golfer. I was kind of leaning into that myself. So I think we could end up where um, people start seeing this data and realizing that, you know, there maybe isn't the same return potential if you're going eight, nine plus dollars, which ultimately would result on less bids going in at those guys at that price, which ultimately would lead to a lower price point per share in closing. Um, the same thing can be said about the dollar range. I think people are going to start uh, if you have the chance to to get a hold of this data and you understand where the value currently is as things stand right now today. Um, just pound that one, two, three, four dollar range. You're going to get your returns. But like we said, it's like there's a little bit of game theory because now if everyone sort of shifts to the same strategy, you always yeah. in these type of environments kind of want to zig when other people zag in a sense, uh, especially in the jock market. So it'll be interesting to see how things sort of shape out over, over the remaining uh, couple weeks here and, and through the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, I imagine it would be pretty cyclical. You would have a bunch of, you'd have everybody being $7 and then you'd have people being like, well, you know what? I'll be different and I'm like, I'm willing to pay $8. I'm willing to pay $9 because I'm going to be the only person competing for these shares. I might yeah. as well get in there. It's it's interesting. So people are, are going to figure it out. And um, it, the other thing is, you know, because Dave mentions it in the chat as well, other sports are kind of very different here. Golf is golf is strange. Golf is the perfect sport for jock market, but with the payouts, you have the favorite, you know, there, there are a few sports where the favorites can miss the cut. Uh, kind of can happen in baseball too, right? You can have your very expensive golfers go or your very expensive players go over four, for example. Um, so they kind of have to hit that upper tier pricing so often. So I wonder if there's a chance as jock market grows for maybe the first place payout to be higher right to at least or at least have it be a bigger gap 
between first and second, which could incentivize the studs because there could be a higher cap there. Yeah, I would love to see it. Um, we're, of course, you know, always looking for ways to sort of improve. This is still relatively new. We're still within like a year of when this thing started. So we're always, but I think that each sport, like you mentioned, is a little bit different. Like um, you mentioned that John Rahm or someone like that could all of a sudden miss the cut and you're basically crushed. Um, like if you're betting the the NBA finals, like Giannis isn't going to go, for, isn't going to finish at a dollar a share. There's no way that's possibly going to happen unless that he like really tears his knee in the first minute. Uh, but yeah, so it's interesting. And there's so much like you look at the price points in terms of just the payouts for a golf tournament. First is worth so much more because it's so hard to achieve. Um, so it would be nice to see a little bit more of a gap there. I think that that would help sort of facilitate um, more in game in play trading as well, because you would be incentivized to sort of, you know, go for first place, right? It's not a $5 difference. Maybe it's a little bit more. Uh, and there's so many different ways that, that you can kind of think about it in terms of your strategy. This is uh, something that comes up a lot as well. The Mojo King says, any chance Jock Market will do alternate events or Euro or just one main PGA event for the week? We don't know that for sure. We certainly can't speak for them, Joe, but I think the idea is to not miss out on the Olympics, to not like, – like, like as they grow, I imagine it will only grow in the, um, in the offerings. Now, a lot of the data for some of uh, the one-off events is harder to get, right? I know that personally. So it, it, I imagine that is one of the hurdles that they have as they're trying to expand games. Yeah, and I think that he may have even touched on that when we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago about the Olympics that – um, you know, they're, they're very strict with how they dole out their data. So I don't know much about that side of it. Also the fact that it started already, um, when this is sort of their standard allotted IPO time, I think threw a little bit of a wrinkle in it, but, but they're actively working. Like the company is, is growing. They've got investors, like they're, they're pouring everything and every resource back into the product to make sure that uh, it has longevity, it's successful, and that people enjoy it. So I think any feedback that we can collectively um, give to them to make this better is going to help. And I think that they're totally on board with that. Like they're trying, like I remember, um, what was the event that we did Corrales? It was opposite of match play, I think. So they have done that before in terms of an alternate field event. I would love to see some European tour stuff, but you know, they, 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 there has to be the right demand for it. And I think they're still in such a growth phase uh, that, that I don't know that it's all there yet. I think the PGA tours has become a real sweet spot for them. Um, and credit to all you guys for, for helping that out. Yeah, so go ahead and drop your jock market username in the chat. That is going to get you into a draw. I'll start giving away money here shortly, but we have $100 to give away tonight. Of course, if you haven't deposited yet, and we talk a lot about golf. There's obviously other sports on the jock market. So if you haven't deposited yet, go ahead and use the code POWER. That will get you up to a $50 deposit bonus. Uh, and we can talk about some of uh, the new features that are coming. So we were, we were kind of corresponding with the guys over at jock market earlier and we're getting some some more details here so one thing that went live a couple of weeks ago joe and i started to dive into a little bit is this api the data api which is 
essentially this huge resource for you uh, to go out there and get access to all of the jock market data. And I believe the idea behind that, Joe, is to allow users, one, to get more data, but also kind of allow them to cool uh, to build cool things. We've seen this with plenty of other companies that, that uh, are able to share the data. The fact that it's transparent, the fact that it's available is a big deal. Yes. The big thing that you nailed there, I think, is the fact that they're being completely transparent with all the data. So um, it is it depends on how deep you want to get into it. Like when I try to pull it up, it's a bit overwhelming for me personally, just because I don't use um, I don't use formats like that. Like I'm not as familiar with how to pull the data that way. We know our buddy Nelson was big into it because that's sort of within his wheelhouse. So um, if that's something that, that you understand and that you can sort of comprehend, by all means, I'm sure it creates a massive advantage for you at this point because you can see in real time all the data. I believe there's a way that you can actually make trades through the API and through your computer versus doing it through your phone. So there are a ton of advantages there. Um, it's something that they're actively working on, just presenting, you know, everything's on the table with them. So you can do as much or as little as you want with it. Yeah, admittedly, I mean, some of it was kind of over my head too. I was like, oh, I'll be able to handle this. And I was I was sending messages to Nelson. I was like, Nelson, how about this? But uh, yes, if that is in your wheelhouse, uh, it is certainly something that you should look into. And uh, so there's a couple of comments here in the chat. And this one I actually think is kind of interesting, but I'm going to probably mute you because you're uh, spamming the chat here. But this is pro this is probably a fun one, Joe. Would you still follow golf if you knew that all pro sports were rigged slash scripted? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I would I mean, follow it. It would be different. I don't know how that you could rig golf. Well, professional wrestling. I mean, people, a ton of people follow professional wrestling, and that is. Cool. I love wrestling. Big wrestling guy. Getting getting my kid into wrestling now. We watch a little John Cena at nights. Um, but it's like, how could you possibly rig golf? Like, you can't just hit the fairway, hit the green, like make this 15 foot putt for birdie. It's not that simple. Um, I know there was a lot of talk this week in particular about uh, some controversy and, and people thinking that guys may be mailing something in this week to help out the Koreans to get a medal for bronze. I can't see that possibly being the case. Um, and, and, and that's an interesting question, but I don't think there's any way to really have that play out in golf. I would probably still follow it because the storylines, because then Bryson <laughs> and Brooks would actually fight each other on the first yes. day or whatever like that. Um, yes, Dave, Dave, the API is public. So what you, uh, I believe you need to do, don't quote me on this, but if you go to, I think you have to email like developers at jockmarket.com or so. It, it is available. It's on the website. You can check it out. You can get access to it and you can have a go. Um, there was also a question here from Nick about what is uh, the most fair way for payout ties. Uh, so currently in the jock market, the pre-rank is critically valuable, Joe, because whoever has the better pre-rank uh, gets the tie. Uh, or breaks the tie, excuse me. And in a sport like golf, where there tends to be a lot of ties, uh, this is a big part of the game. So how would you kind of adjust the way that ties are broken? So I don't know that, you know, I'd be interested in your take on it. I don't know that it's, it's necessarily flawed the way that they do it based on a pre-rank. I think personally, sometimes the pre-rankings themselves can be a little bit flawed, 
but that's based on data that they're given. Like we saw weeks, I don't know, maybe it was like the U.S. Open where it was like Rory and Brooks, I remember, were like five and six on the odds board and they were like 20th there. Um, so you have to pay attention to that and it's noteworthy and it matters. But I don't know that uh, there's necessarily a better way that I can think of off the top of my head to break ties. I just think that as data continues to become available, as more and more of these contests take place each week, they're going to sort of nestle into a sweet spot and the pre-ranks will sort of level themselves out and be a little bit more accurate the more and more that we get into it. Yeah, so let's be real here. This um, this app is a year old, and and I know this from experience from building my own website. That like when your processes are in place, um, it's sometimes hard to change them on the fly. So the way that they get the pre ranked data, it's not they're not coming up with it. It's coming from an outside source, and it's like you can't manually edit. Like I understand that problem. So maybe just adjusting the pre ranks um, would be a way to improve it, but, and this would be another thing that they would have to code in. I, I like the idea of just doing it the way the PGA tour does it. If, if, if three guys tie for second, you take second, third, and fourth, all those payouts and you, and you divide them by three. That's the way the tour does it. That is the way that I think it, I think if, if, if they built jock market today, that's probably the way they would do it. But when it was built, it was like, Hey, we need something to default off of, right? We need yeah. to, Hi, what else can we use? Let's do a pre-rank. And it's like, great, perfect. That works. Let's push it out. Like I, I completely get the sentiment. I would just rather have it mimic the actual PGA tour pounds. Yeah. Totally simplifies things. Um, well done, Rick. <laughs> Thank you very much. That let's, makes give sense. Away, let's give away some money. Jeremy, congratulations. Yeah. We will have $20 coming your way between now and Christmas. No, it usually takes like I don't know, a couple of days, a day or two is usually by the time they credit your account. Uh, if you would also like to win $20 to invest in the jock market, uh, then go ahead, drop your jock market username in the chat and that will get you entered into the draw. Other things that are coming here, Joe. Shorting. Ooh. I know it, man. Now this, this is going to be good for golf. So um, exact date, TBD. Yep. During live, you'll be able to sell short shares of players that you think are overachieving or overvalued. Uh, a couple of other benefits, not in just the fact that that's going to be awesome, is that uh, it helps make the market more liquid, right? Because anybody can sell shares at any time rather than just current shareholders. So that's obviously awesome. Um, but uh, the other thing is this is perfect for golf. So the my favorite thing about jock market is that the payouts are not specifically tied to winning top five, top 10, top 20. It's just, did the golfer outperform their expectation with yes. the expectation being their IPO price? That's really all it is. So you like, there is really not many other formats that you can be like, wow, the guy who's like the third worst guy in the field, I think he's actually like the 20th worst guy in the field. And I think he get, like that. You can't get paid on that anywhere else and sell and, and shorting gives you the other opportunity. Wow. Uh, I, I don't like this guy. I think this guy's overvalued. I think he's going to underperform. It, it is, it is the perfect, uh, uh, compliment dynamic to, to the, to the one side. Totally. So just to give kind of a little bit of an example there, like last week, for instance, I had shares of Troy Merritt and Ricky, who coincidentally both happened to be first round leaders. I oh. sold half of my shares basically after that first day, just because I wasn't sure. And I was able to turn like a $3 per share 
profit on both of them. As the week went on, from the IPO price that I got for them, they both lost money. And and the thing was, is like they both dropped from first to basically 36. So in this instance, you don't have to currently have the shares of Ricky or Troy Merritt in your portfolio if you think that they are going to underperform the current expectation. The other thing is a lot of times like during live trading, just in an effort to to increase liquidity, like you said, there is a there's a sort of a substantial gap many times between bid price and ask price. Um, sometimes it's four or five bucks and the actual sort of fair value price is somewhere in the middle. Um, so I think that this will help close that gap between bid and ask because you'll be able to um, to, to instead of just bidding on guys that you don't have in your portfolio, um, you can short them. So I think it'll be a really cool development for them. I think it will increase live trading a ton uh, and just make things more fun for everybody. Yeah, Austin nails it in the chat, right? Shorting can also help push down the top the top guys down in price. And that is that's really what you want, right? You want you want it to be, hey, um I I, I want to get rid of shares. I want to get rid of them immediately, and someone is there to buy them, or I want to short and someone is there uh to accept. So it, it's kind of an interesting um, an interesting dynamic that I'm really excited for. And I think golf is perfect for it because we've seen Joe, you, you know how this works, right? Like, uh, Mac Hughes is the 54 hole leader at the U S open. I might not have Mac Hughes shares, but I'm like, that's going South on Sunday, right? Like, yeah, golf, we know this in golf, right? It's, it's, these things can change so quickly. So quickly. Um, and more often than not, they changed for the worst for a guy like, like Cam Champ was the one guy who sort of rose to yeah. the occasion this past Sunday, but everyone else seemed to, to crumble. Tringale with the, with the early triple, I think he had, and everyone else was just um, not able to make those moves. And you have fun finishing holes like that 18th lined up that was, that was like Eagle or carnage. So uh, it's just giving people different avenues to sort of play the game. Speaking of different avenues to play the game, uh, we have confirmed that web-based platform is coming in the fall. For me, this is the biggest game changer, right? Yeah. I, 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 I'm fine being on the phone and, and all that stuff and clicking through, but having it on a computer on my big screen, uh, being able to use my mouse, click around is uh, for me personally going to be massive. And I imagine it's going to be important for other people too, who aren't trying to fumble through their phone. This gives, gives them an opportunity to be in the jock market on their desktop. Exactly. Um, it will be hugely beneficial for me. I'm used to working with multiple screens and windows. You know what I mean? So you can kind of have everything and all the data right there in front of you. Uh, you can keep us pulled up on your phone if you'd like and, and watch us along the way. Uh, but it'll be huge. I think um, it's been a natural sort of evolution to have this this improvement sort of coming. Uh, and I'm glad to see that it will be here shortly in the fall. So we're already in August. So um, yep. Could be any week now that we get this sort of added feature. Go ahead and drop any questions, concerns, or comments into the chat. We'll try to be as interactive as possible. Here's some good stuff coming in. Also, while you're there, drop your jock market username because I've got 80 more bucks to give away. I'll give another. Eh, let's just do another one right now. How about uh, this one goes to, 
I just had it saved here. Jonathan Yeager, Yeager Golf. Congratulations. $20 coming to your jock market account soon. And we've got $60 more to give away. So make sure your username is in the chat. Uh, we don't have any details on uh, the web-based version, Michael. So it says, will the desktop allow you to have multiple insta instances open at once? TBD. I don't know. We'll find out as we rock and roll uh, and as that gets released. That would be very, very cool. The other thing, we talk a lot about liquidity. We talk a lot about getting more people into the market. And Joe, you know the easiest way to get people into the market is expanding new states, right? That's that's yeah. how you get more people into the market very, that's very quickly. That's the biggest question we get, right? It's it's definitely <laughs> the biggest question that we get. Do we, do we have any idea how many states Jock Market is in right now? So as far as a couple of weeks ago, it was 36 of 50. Oh, so wow. Okay. It's actually, yeah, we're getting there. Okay, that's that's cool. So uh, we are hearing that PA, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Indiana, and Missouri are apparently very close. Now, I also understand this too. You're, they're at, you're at the mercy of like the state the state agency, right? So whether they work quickly or work slowly or whatever, it's a ton of paperwork. I had to go through this stuff as well. Apparently those are waiting on state agencies to be done. And then, um, one, two, three. Oh, I thought there was, okay. Yeah. I, I miscounted the States, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Indiana, Missouri. So what was it? 37 before 36. So that would bump it up to 40. That would bump it up to 40. Um, which would be fantastic. That'd be 80% of the U S. Um, I know that, uh, some things for Canada are in the works as well. So, it, you know, they're, they're, everything's in, right? With every state, it's just a matter of getting these sort of things passed through and on the right desk at the right time to get them signed off on. So the team is actively on it. Uh, they have no reason to not want jock market in your state. So everything is a state there. The more players that we can get involved, the more people that we can have uh, inside the cash markets each week uh, is only going to benefit all of us. I wonder if adding more sports is also a, a priority. You know, we talk often about, I mean, we only talk about golf, right? But yeah. there are obviously other sports going on. I wonder if, uh, and I know there's a lot of legalities around like college sports and things like that, but I do wonder how how high adding new sports is on the on the priority list. Maybe it's not. I don't know. College sports would be interesting. I mean, they, they do it. Um, you can play college football DraftKings. Yeah, Austin says NASCAR. That would be a good. Oh one. yeah, that would be a good one. That would be a great one because it's similar to golf, right? You could use finishing position. You could yes. use like laps led. You could use like all these different metrics. NASCAR would be pretty good, and obviously, a lot of people like NASCAR. That would yep. be a good one. And then football season coming back will be huge. I loved football jock market last year, so I think that uh, that'll be huge now that we have all these new players involved. You know, they do like a Thursday night market, a Sunday night market, a Monday night market. So they have all the different ones um, was really cool. And I felt like there was a lot of good opportunities on the table last year um, in football. So it will be interesting to see that come back. That's what I liked about football as well is as much as I love golf, obviously, it's, you know, the one cash market a week. Right. Yeah. But with football, you get the Thursday night, then you get the, the, the Sunday slate then the Sunday night slate, I think, then the Monday night slate. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy, you should be on like the, uh, on the payroll. Jeremy says, any thoughts about doing a monthly membership 
that could eliminate or lower trading fees. We obviously don't speak for for Jock Market, but there was a there was a DFS site that did this, Joe, and I don't know how it worked out for them, but basically you would pay I don't know nine dollars a month 11 i don't know what it is but then there would be no rake on contests and i i the fact that i don't know how it worked out for them makes me think it didn't work out very well yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know but at the same time jeremy like they are taking the least rake of any place that you can put your money on sports i can promise you that one percent trading fees uh is is as minimal as it's going to get um we're not talking about 10 14 rake we're not talking about the 10 to 20% juice that they're taking over at the sports book. So um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, they're, they're doing, they're, they're impacting your portfolio as little as possible on every trade. Uh, drop your questions, your comments, your jock market usernames in the chat. This one's for you, Joe, what percentage of your weekly bankroll do you typically a lot between bets, draft Kings or fantasy and the jock market? So, that's an interesting question. I would say that I probably have the most at stake each week in jock market. Actually, yes, I do have the most at stake each week in jock market just because I think that it's the least volatile. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get wiped out completely. Yeah. Um, you can have a bad week, and if you have a thousand bucks at stake, you can maybe lose 10%. So uh, I think that it's sort of the most long-term play. I just sort of keep reinvesting and sort of building that up. Um, and I think the least that I probably have is is in terms of DraftKings. I, it's hard, man. And I hit a big DraftKings lineup last year, so I, I know that the upside of it. But there's so many people, there's so many lineups, and there's so much – you know, it's geared so much toward the person who finishes first – you know, wins a lottery ticket and a new sports car and everyone else. Uh, it's very hard to, to, to make money consistently and it's easy to get wiped out on a bad week. Yeah. Let me give away some money here. Jambo four, three, two, one, two. Congratulations. We'll get $20 into your jock market account. A S a P we've got 40 more dollars to give away. Uh, so make sure your jock market username is in the chat. No, I think that to me is okay. So, we always hear it right when when Cam Champ, uh, you know, is 150 to one shot and wins, and I come on here and I'm like, okay, he went from four dollars to twenty five dollars. Someone will, oh, you should have bet him at 150 to one. Like, well, no kidding, bud. But also, you know, he wouldn't have. You would have lost all your money if you finished second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, where you would have made money on the jock market. So we are we are trained mentally to look at what is the top prize. Uh, without, I mean, most people probably don't know how much rake they're playing on a daily fantasy site, how many, uh, like how bad the payout structures are on those yeah. sites. And all that money is just front loaded up top for you to have a lottery ticket against a hundred thousand other people that you hope you can get. <laughs> Basically it's like a, it's like a 24 leg parlay because you have like six guys every yeah. single day. They all have to kind of be good every single day. It's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, I treat it as such for my bankroll, Joe. It is. I treat it as a lottery ticket. I would never treat it as right. a way to grind 6% ROI over the next 10 years or whatever. It's hard. Like I can remember. So it was the drive to the green or whatever it is last year. And I was in first after Saturday. Um, and I was up by like 13 points had all six of my guys left them up by like 13 points. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm in pretty good position here. I was chatting with Nelson 
who ran like the simulations Mm-hmm. And I had like less than a 1% chance to win. I'm <laughs> <laughs> thinking like I'm in a great place. So that's just kind of how it is. I think that the way that, that, so last week I had Cam Champ too, right? I also had eight other bets. They all lost because mm-hmm. Cam Champ won. So I hit one bet. It was huge. Great. But I lost eight others. So if, if Cam Champ, you know, hits that tree and it comes back to him and Jonathan Vegas wins, I lose all nine bets. I'm totally wiped out versus jock market. If if you have nine guys and five of your nine outperform their expectations, you're making money. Four of your nine outperform expectations. You're losing, you know, such a minor amount that it's barely even noticeable. You're basically breaking even. So there's so much less room for a sort of volatility. And I think that if you trust um, your mind and your picks and where you sort of evaluate these players, it's a much easier and safer spot to sort of keep your money and keep it rolling week after week. Tony with a really interesting comment here. He says, I'm struggling with the thought process of when to buy or sell shares of a player mid event. I feel like if and when trading volume picks up during the tournament, this goes to the next level for sure. So Joe, do you have any, uh, whether they are real or just kind of, you know, like real factual uh, milestones or things that you look for for golfers that you either think this is coming crashing down or hey, this might be somebody to buy after round one, after round two, or after round three. Sure. So I think after round one, it's it's tough because a lot of the numbers at that point are just going to reflect their fair value projections. As the tournament moves along, if you're looking to sort of unload shares of a guy that's in the top 10 that you don't have a ton of confidence in is going to keep it there, um, just pay attention to the price. There isn't necessarily a right or a wrong time. Like, don't sit there and try to – my advice would be don't sit there and try to get out front of it, right, and say, oh, there's a par five coming up. He's going to birdie this because you can find yourself down sort of a rabbit hole where you're – where you're constantly looking for an edge that may not be there. I think an important thing to monitor and that we always talk about is guys that are falling right on the cut line. So maybe a guy that finished early in the afternoon wave is playing harder. Maybe there's weather moving in different circumstances like this, where you have a chance to buy really low on a guy that you think can sneak inside that cut line late on a Friday afternoon um, and then from there, it's wide open, right? They can go from just barely making the cut to top 30. We see it all the time. And you end up getting someone for, for $2.50 a share that ends up paying out five or six bucks. So that's the biggest sort of leverage point that I look for mid-tournament. Yeah, and that is, uh, I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's smart. I think there are a couple of um, statistical things that you want to keep an eye on. Some of these are easier to find than others. The strokes gain metrics, of course, where guys are putting completely out of their mind or uh, or leaving a lot of strokes out there. That's available on my site at rickrungood.com. But also, here's a couple of other things that inflate scores and and doesn't necessarily reflect how a golfer played uh one is how they scored on par fives if they were over par on par fives that usually doesn't last pga tour players destroy par fives that's something you certainly want to look at and then if they had any penalty shots um that can inflate your score it's not necessarily reflective of how well they played if you yank one 
into the water or you get unlucky and get an awkward bounce. So things like that, Joe, that, I mean, think about it. We've all, you know, have played golf at some point. There are very small margins. There are very weird things that can happen, but over a four round tournament, over 72 holes, you have to think that things start to start to level themselves out. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are great points in terms of the strokes gained at it and paying attention to those penalties because uh, especially like we saw it at the 3M, like a guy can dump one twice in the water at 18 and go from a birdie to a triple bogey. And that's going to make his score look terrible when, when all in all, he was five yards short on a five iron that, that ended up costing him four strokes. So um, just little things like that, any place that you can sort of pay attention to the data on a site like yours um, is always helpful in terms of gaining a little bit of an edge. And we just look for those incremental edges. If you are just checking in, um, there is no IPO to close for the Olympics yet, 8-9. So don't worry about it. There is not a cash market this week. We're just having a nice little hang, nice little chat, and talking strategy and some features and stuff like that. But we're still giving away money. I've got $40 more to give away to the jock market. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to fire them away. And, um, you know, I think, Joe, this was really what? The first full season of the jock Mar- of of golf for jock market right and we are coming down the home stretch here we're going to go to the tour championship i think there's only i think there's only one week off after the tour championship and then we'll get the three week break uh that will come before the tournament of champions but i mean this is just like it's all golf all the time on the jock market there is no off season in golf uh we we pick that sport uh to cover and do content for so we know it all too well but Um, Yeah, it's fantastic for stuff like this, right? There's contests every week. There's no sort of break. Uh, We have one little off week to sort of regroup and I think pay attention to some of the data points and and strategize as a team here, which is what we're doing tonight. And then we're back at it live next week again for uh, St. Jude, right? WGC FedEx St. Jude in Memphis. That is correct. Let me give away $20 more. Nick, congratulations. Jeff Earn will get you all set up with that $20. And I've got one more $20 prize to give away. So make sure your jock market username is in the chat. Uh, but yes, we've got WGC FedEx St. Jude next week. And then we are uh, going to have, my brain is frozen, Wyndham after that? Wyndham, I think so. Yeah, I was going to say Wyndham. And then we get into like Northern, we get into FedEx. The playoffs. The playoffs. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we'll see how everything shakes out there. Um, Joe, when you are, so I think one of the things that we don't often talk about is the, like that four or five minutes when you start to go nuts uh, at the end of the power hour. And usually we just come back and we say, okay, um, you know, who did you get? Who was in your portfolio? Are there specific things that you're doing? You've told us you buy one share of golfers to keep an eye on them. You can obviously favorite them. But like in that moment, are you constantly checking your fair values? Are you like what what is going through your brain in that sprint to the finish line? So I think I'm still learning and evolving my strategy a little bit and it's changed a little bit from week to week. I think for the most part where I've found um, the best sort of spot for me is to get in those early one, two dollars or one or two shares of the guys that I'm looking to target that I think are going to have a favorable price point. That way I can sort of keep them all in my orders tab. And then over the final five minutes, I'm monitoring the price that I bid for my one to two shares 
versus their active current price. If it's getting very close and I'm within 10 cents and there's five minutes left, I'm probably not getting that guy. Uh, if I have a dollar to spare, then that's when I sort of go back in and, and add more shares. I, I buy 15, I buy 20, and then I see how close to that sort of brings it out. But what I found, and I think there's different ways to sort of play it, is that if you go to the big board and just start scrolling and trying to find someone, it can be a little bit overwhelming yeah. and you can lose precious seconds of time, which we see um, matter a ton, especially not knowing in when that 90 second window that this thing's going to close. Uh, if you're spending 10, 15 seconds, just scrolling from the top to the bottom of the board, trying to find someone maybe there, um, you, you're losing out on somebody else. I've yes. And, and it, things can start spinning very quickly. And yeah. when you are scrolling and you are not finding someone, then that is when you're like, uh, well, I just got to grab somebody, right? Like yeah. I gotta, yeah. I gotta just put some bids in on somebody. I'd rather, I'd rather not get shut out here. So it can, it can be, it, it can go fast. And, and I think having a plan and understanding that, Hey, it's going to go fast here. Keep your composure. I mean, it sounds like we're playing a sport, but it's true, right? I mean, that, that is a finite amount of time that is running out that you want to get your, you want to get your bits. In. Yeah. And it's hard. And that's why like oftentimes when I, when I do just um, sort of hone in on my orders tab, um, sometimes I'll end up with just one share of a guy because I don't like it as much anymore, but I have enough place that, that I can sort of isolate the ones that I do. And that's why a lot of times when, when we cue to you at the end, like you'll see me and I'm very surprised. Like you'll be like, Dustin Johnson didn't move in the last 10 minutes. And I'll be like, Holy crap. Like I had no idea that he was still available for nine seventeen because right. I, I, you know, kind of had my sort of list of eight to 10 guys, but in all in all, I think that that's where I've had my best weeks is sort of staying centered and, and coming in with a plan and trying to execute that and not getting overwhelmed by all the data that is sort of pouring in over the last couple of minutes. Let me give away our final $20 for this evening. It will go to Dave at Coffee Shark. You can't buy coffee with your new $20 to the jock market, but you can buy uh, shares of golfers or shares of other athletes for all I care. Go ahead and play the MLB uh, uh, yeah. cash market tomorrow. So very, very good. Um, here is uh, a couple other uh, questions here. Let me make sure I have this right. Okay. So Nick says, and we have noticed this. Have you noticed – Pumping an IPO high early on scares people off and gets them vested in other golfers. So we've seen this countless times, right, Joe, where when we first come on air, someone will be $9.50 and they're leaps and shoulders ahead or head and shoulders above everybody else. And they kind of stay there all night. And I think a lot of people just rule them out in their brain and say, well, if he's $9.50 at uh, you know 8.20 p.m., I, only, I can only imagine what he's going to be in 40 minutes from now, I'm just going to forget about him. And then that price sometimes doesn't move. We've seen that happen a ton, haven't we? So we've seen it. Uh, it's usually with those guys right along the top. I think we saw it with Louie last week where he made this huge jump with like 30 minutes to go and basically uh, didn't move the rest of the show. So um, yeah, initially when you see that, you know how much time is left, you kind of move on mentally and sort of start to target other players, but uh, it's not always the case. And that's what we've kind of seen over time. 
And then uh, Michael Van Veen with a great strategy. This is kind of two parts. He says, uh, Jock live chat on iPad. Thank you very much. Along with Jock notifications, Jock favorites apps on phone without the notifications. So that's interesting. So you want to be notified. Uh, So this is, so he's got, I'm assuming this means he's got the iPad open. So he's getting notified, but they're not popping up on his phone, which means he's got a clear screen to be able (laughs) to make all of the moves. This is next level, Joe. This is very good. See, this is why we see our guy Mike have so much success. Wait till the web version gets up. He's going to have all hands on deck. He's going to need an assistant to give him live updates. Um, but but well played, Mike. That's so good. So good. Great stuff. Um, all right. I think that's I think we're going to put a pin in this because we've got uh, we've got Olympic golf going on right now. We are going to be back again same time, same place next week for the WGC FedEx St. Jude, which is uh, honestly, this is kind of a, a primer this week because it's going to be another small field, Joe. It's going to be another yeah. no cut event and the best players in the world are going to be there, aren't they? Yeah. And it's fun because like we, like I like these no cut events on jock market because the payout structure is a little bit different because it's a much smaller field. Um, but you got four days of changes, right? So, you, you know, you're, everyone's making the cut. It just kind of brings in a new strategy. It feels like it's been a while since, since we've had one. Um, so I'm looking forward to next week, as always, 8.15, uh, right here on your YouTube channel. While you're here, if you haven't liked or subscribed yet, please go do that. That helps us out a ton. And, and we appreciate all you guys for, for stopping by in an off week. It was a ton of fun to sort of parse through some of this stuff that we've seen thus far. Yeah, absolutely. Some good feedback as well. And it's always an open line of communications with the with the fellows over at Jock Market. So I think that'll do it. We'll head out of here. That's Joe. I'm Rick. And uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for stopping by.